Are you there, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? Hi, good girls. This week's guest is Ruby Carp. New York comedian. You might recognize her from her video content at Betches or from the show she runs, We Hope You Had Fun, which is every other week at the Stand Comedy Club in New York City. Literally, thank you so much for having me. I like have never connected so much with a with a pod uh, message. Oh, that means so much. I feel like we've found so many comedians who are like secret good girls. And I'm like, I don't know what it says about comedians, but I think like female comedians in particular seem to be very good girl well we harbor like we pent up all of our like religion and upbringing and we keep it with us and then we just like keep moving and like never address it and then we're like I'll do comedy and then it all comes out that's so true (laughs) I also think because most of the female comedians we've had on have been like little outfit comedians. Ruby, do you consider, I, I think Ruby, you are a little outfit comedian. I'm absolutely a little <laughs> outfit comedian. And every time a little outfit comedian's like, I'm a good, actually, I think you don't have to be a little outfit comedian to be a good girl, but all little outfit comedians are, are good, good girls. girls. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally true. I, I mean, we also, we talk a lot about like how performative it is to be a good girl. And like, there's a lot of musical theater girlies among us, dancers, all of that. <laughs> I feel um, like you can't talk about like anything good girl related without being like, so were you a theater kid or is it like just religion was it choir like what about performing arts was it (laughs) because like it's obvious it was something that's 100% we actually just had our like first athlete and we were like we know the athletes are huge good girls too and it's like totally kind of a different vibe Mm -hmm. but we were like we need to tap into that market because we seem to be like way too connected to a bunch of former musical theater people (laughs) that's just like what comedians are like it's just like musical theater rejects just like finding a way to keep making people listen to them on stage stage. to stage yeah from stage to stage we have to I think we just like have opinions and don't know how else to say them like we have like a really strong sense of right and wrong. Are we right about our sense of right and wrong? Probably not. Yeah. We just like, good girls just like have opinions that we feel like obligated to share. Like I felt like I was like, I was raised very Catholic and I literally would be like, oh, you have to hear what I have to say. Like I'm, I'm so smart. And I've been told by people that like, I'm, you know, upper echelon of whatever like I'm very smart I'm very charming whatever precocious and I was like we well, have to listen to what I have to say like I think we're good girls are encouraged to share and you and overshare share. like you overshare is like especially like underline that word like mm-hmm. for me I was raised very Jewish and something like about the way I was raised say that's your good girl origin story yeah, that's my good girl origin story perfect transition perfect transition <laughs> I like, I don't want to speak for, like, other people and how they were raised, but the way I was raised was very about the culture and, like, before the religion, like, the religion was almost, like, a second, like, an afterthought. It was, like, way more about, like, the dinners and the family and the, like, the, like, vibe more so than it was, like, about anything else. So, like, for me, I was in all of these, like, 
you know, uh, dinners and classes, like Hebrew classes and all this stuff where everyone around me was just like so comfortable. I also grew up in New York City. So uh, that was going to be my next question because I feel like it makes a huge difference where you grew grew up. up. And for me, I genuinely did not know that most people weren't Jewish until like junior year of high school. Like I genuinely thought most people in the world were just Jews because that's like, I grew up on the Upper West Side in New York City, famously like one of the most Jewish neighborhood, like family neighborhoods in the city. So for me, I was so comfortable just being my full self all the time that like anytime I was talking to an adult or a fellow kid, I just had this like huge confidence. Also the theater kid thing. So like any, any interaction, I was just like, I know all the things and I am the smartest person here and you all want to talk to me. And it's like, that wasn't really the truth, but like the religion, the, like the location the people around me were all very much like encouraging the good girl behavior I was exhibiting for sure wait Ruby do you have siblings I am an only child which is also obvious (laughs) well Sid and I are both the youngest and we feel like it is um very apparent in most of our actions so we always like to ask because we've I feel like we've kind of gone across the board but it feels like it manifests in different ways like your sibling makeup of how what type of good girl you are. Right. And like, for me, it's like overperforming because I have no one to compete with. So it's like, I get all the attention. So I'm like, well, I have to entertain them. Uh, And then it's like, actually like no one probably wants to talk to a child anyways at a dinner. So it like, doesn't matter. Oh, that is, I feel like that's a glossary entry. Like I wanted to be sat with the adults. Yes. Oh, Oh, I never sat with the kids. I never wanted to be sat with the kids. I was like, I have things, once again, I have things to say and they're important. And like, I literally, someone could have asked me about the Gaza Strip and I was like, I've got an opinion on that. And I (laughs) probably thought it was a strip mall and I would just, just talk out of my ass for nobody. One of like Um, the reasons like I could never have a podcast is because I've had that trait since I was a child and I am still learning how to kick it. Like the urge to just like insert yourself into any conversation and be like, yeah, 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 like this is relevant to me and this is how I relate to it. And it's, you're talking about like literally like uh, fucking the Middle East and it's like, well, don't, we're like talking about musical theater right now. Like you don't need to bring that up. Um, or it's like, um, Sydney, the adults are talking and I'm like, exactly. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Yeah. You guys invited me to be a part of this. I vividly remember one time I like saw somebody that I went to high school with, like at the grocery store. And my mom said, why didn't you talk to her? Why did you act like you didn't see her? And I was like, because I don't know her. And she was like, you went to school with her for four years. You had classes with her. And then we ran into like, you know, a 65 year old. And I was like, oh, my best friend yeah Yeah. like no issues at all with older people but people my age I'm like oh what am I supposed to say and that also goes to show like I feel like the good girl aspect of like taking it seriously because like there's the kids in like your religion classes who just like don't care their parents are forcing them to be there which is like totally like one type of religious kid but then there's like the good girls like the good good girls who are like 
I am getting A's on my homework. Like I am raising my hand first in this class. Like I know more about Jesus than you. Like it's like it it becomes like uh like knowing piano. Like it's a it's like a skill that like your parents either taught you or they didn't. And like if you have it, you pull it out. And you're like, look at what I can do. Like uh-huh. No, you know what I mean this it's day. I still, it is like this is so real <laughs> this is so real to this day I can I and I've said this before and I'll say it again I can do the rosary in three separate languages and what what do I do with that now I don't sometimes know. um we'll speak latin at a party um when everyone else is drunk and be like I'm a witch that's yeah. pretty much all it's good for but or like um um whenever I watch you know, any angels and demons. I'm like, I get that. You're like, I I don't watch angels and demons very often. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, every time I watch angels and demons, I get really into the story. Um, I, for me, I, my, so both my mom and my grandma, who I call softa, because that's what uh, grandma is in Hebrew. um, Both my mom and softa speak Hebrew and like, softest first language is Arabic and my mom like understands it because she was raised by her so the two of them whenever I'm around them will just like start talking in like one or two or both of the languages and I just like hang out and I'm like waiting for them to be like like say the word ruby in the middle of their sentence and you're like oh they're talking about me now awesome and it's like if I would have been a better good girl uh, they would not have they would not have the opportunity to talk shit about me in different languages. But yeah, that would kill me. Uh, it, like that would really kill me because I I like need to eavesdrop. I, I, <laughs> I need I need to know if the people in front of me are talking about talking shit about me to my face. Mm-hmm. Like it's so also like to have your whole family be able to speak like the language that is kind of correlated with, with that is correlated with your religion, but you kind of like can't because you like didn't pay enough attention in Hebrew school is a haunt that will stay with me until I die like just because when I was 12 I like wanted to like watch tv instead of being in Hebrew school now I like cannot participate in like most family engagements what the hell why did no one tell me this it's like the same thing with history if people would have told me that I would be so stupid without paying attention in history class I would have paid attention but now like people will bring up any war and I'm like I do not know what you're talking about and it's like that's embarrassing okay well I was a history minor and I don't remember anything like and I literally my major was peace war and defense which was like military history I could not tell you a single thing like I could tell you maybe like an overview but I'm like I can't tell you facts people who are so smart are like coming on Twitter or they'll like be in conversation with you and they'll just be like oh yeah and then like when this happened in the civil war and you're like how how do you remember, how do you know that? Like, how okay. did that stay with you? Two things. One, I was very good at history because I conceptualized it like in terms of gossip. Um, I was like, why are they feuding? It's literally Vanderpump. It's beef. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Just like, think I had about a teacher it. who taught that way and it was so helpful. Like yeah. it mm-hmm. was in AP history and we like all learned really well because she would come in and be like, okay, so let yeah. me tell you the tea, the tea on what this president yeah. did. I mean, she didn't say the mm-hmm. tea because it was 
2014, yeah. but or no, <laughs> 2010. How old am I? Um, but yeah, I think that's a good way to learn, actually. And I feel like a good girl trait is not remembering things about wars because it's sad. Yeah, like, it's too like, bad to think that. about. And yeah. the idea of like the mortality like really, really weighs on you. And especially when you're learning about the Civil War and you're like sitting in places where it happened, you're like, this is dark. And I feel like my brain repressed it, like honestly. Yeah, well, because like as a child, you don't want to be like, oh yeah. And then like when all these people died, like it, that's not like, you don't even conceptualize death at that point, let alone like a, what a war is. Like crazy to anticipate that. Similarly, for like Jewish, young Jewish kids, we famously have bat mitzvahs or bar mitzvahs. And I, like the literature queen I am, picked my Haftorah portion based off of a Veggie Tales movie because Amazing. that was how much I did not want to read anything. Uh, <laughs> which so one was it? It was Jonah was it? and the Whale. Yeah. Okay. Jonah, I was going to say, because that's the only feature like that was like the feature length one that was oh, the veggie yeah. movie. that was like the movie and I watched it all the time as a kid because it was like the Jewish kids movie and I was like that is gonna I'll make that my I'll make that my Haftorah portion because you have to like make a speech about the Haftorah portion so it's like you can't just like get up there and like sing the Hebrew like you need to like know what you're saying and so I was like <laughs> I literally don't want to do that and don't know how to do that. So I was like, okay, I'll learn how to sing it. But for the speech, I will be just be writing a, essentially a synopsis of the Veggie Tales film. Uh, I, and I love exactly the idea of like, like the, um, oh, I can't remember which one it was. This is not helpful. But like the, there was a VeggieTales movie where they attacked the people with slushies. Do you remember this? Uh, yeah. I, or I guess it wasn't a movie. I guess it was just a TV show. But anyway, I I watch that all the time and I'm like, I'm I'm just envisioning you standing up in front of everybody announcing about the slushy. I'm just like oh, And then they threw know. their blue raspberry slushies yeah. at the opponents. Completely misunderstanding Wait. that th- this is like the children's take on this story. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Sorry. This just reminded me so much of when we were learning about J. Edgar Hoover and literally the three theater girls in the class were like, we know everything about J. Edgar Hoover because the three of us were in a production of Annie at the time. And there's a whole song. We'd like to thank you, Herbert. Thank you. Thank you, Herbie. Mr. Hoover. Yeah. And we were like, we know everything. And then my teacher was like, um, okay, so Annie's not historically accurate, like literally at all, but um, you got the name of the senator, right? Like of this other thing. And the three of us were like, I don't know. It was such a good girl. Like we were brought really right down to speed. Like it's we're, such we were, an we essential heartily. It's such an essential theater kid trait to be like, oh, I know everything about this. Like, oh, I was in a play about this. Like, oh, dramaturgically. Like, and it's like, ugh, none of like Les Mis is not real. Like, <laughs> that's that's not how it went. Like, I'm, I'm just glad I was not in school when Hamilton was big. Guys, I was. I was. I was. I went, to, I went to LaGuardia High School when Hamilton came out. Oh no! It was <laughs> like Soldier Ruby. I guys, I have been through actual wars. Like for those of you listening, um, who don't know what LaGuardia is, Ruby, could you elaborate? 
what is God, the word in high school? Be so glad you don't know what this stupid high, why do, why is my high school name recognizable? Like that, that's the first sign that this is a wrong, wrong statement. <laughs> but LaGuardia is the fame school. So it's like a performing arts high school that they made a movie about. And like a bunch of like celebrities have gone to the school and become famous. From Timothy. 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 Um, like, yeah, other people. Did you Nicole have Miss Lawton? Yeah. Oh, God. You know, I did not have her. Um, but many of my friends did. And I, they all asked her about Timothy Chalamet, obviously. And she was just like, yeah, he just like made that video for my class. And now you all sing it. Like, wait, so it was big when you were there. Yeah. It already exploded. But I guess it probably exploded like within the New York community first. Yes. Yes. Well, Hamilton, like as a concept, uh, was designed for theater kids. Like it's Mm -hmm. it because it's like super like heady and intellectual and very like, you know, high premise. Uh, but at the same time, it's Lynn Wenwell Miranda who we let like theater kids obsessed with him our school had done in the heights like two years before so like this was a community of people who would like ride or die for Lynn and then he puts out Hamilton which was at like fucking the public theater whatever that place is called first so many people I know went to that like initial showing and then as soon as it like went to Broadway every single you could not take a social studies or like a history class without them being like so today we're going to be listening to Aaron Burr sir and it's like everyone is just like singing along people danced on tables like everything you imagine a theater high school to be it was but in the worst ways Okay, that makes me so happy though. <laughs> like, all like, I want that I've imagined the school. I'm like, I'm literally right. like, I have to have children so they can go to LaGuardia. So no, that I can no, live they're going to be traumatized. Like, it is religious <laughs> trauma. Look, I went through two religious traumas. I grew up Jewish and then I also went to theater school. Like, that, it, because it's a cult. It's like, yeah, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> it's like I mean you talk to any theater kid retired theater kid they're like yeah that was maybe not the best time in my life so okay we like to ask your activity of choice was like theater right so you went you went like performing arts theater you weren't like dance or whatever it was like musical theater yeah well I I was a drama major but I Mm. wanted so badly to be a musical theater kid like Mm. I went to musical theater camp and I got cast in shows because you were required to like they couldn't not like cast you an ensemble or something but at my high school it was like cutthroat to even get ensemble so like I was very I was made very aware of how not talented I was at musical theater the second I turned 14 Okay, that's sad. That's <laughs> the, what what do you think made a bigger impact on your good girlyhood? The musical theater of it all or the Jewish of it all? You say you were like into you have two separate traumas. Yeah. Um, which one do you think made well, you grow up a good girl? I use the word trauma so fluidly in, in relation to those two things. Yeah, we like to say religious drama, 
drama because, yes. yeah and or childhood drama is now what we talk about because we've expanded mm-hmm. beyond religion but yeah right because it's like for me musical theater that like lifestyle had legitimately like traumatic things like about it like you know of being like being a child and being told like you're not good enough and like you're not talented enough and like all of those like hard truths that like we as adults understand how to internalize but like as children I don't think you can fully comprehend like I'm not the best like what do you mean I'm a musical theater kid and I'm a Jew from New York like I have the confidence of someone who should be succeeding but with Judaism it's like there's no actual drama or trauma or like any of the things it's like it's just fun like for me it was just fun and weird and silly and like strange and like they both affected me in very different ways like for me and that's why I say like I kind of consider my Judaism to be more cultural than religious because it was like I was never like my mom was never like like I went to Hebrew school my whole childhood and I had a private tutor for my bat mitzvah like the whole nine yards but it was also never like you have to do this and you have to study and like you're this is like super intense it was like it was more just like this is your life this is your family this is like the place you live like everyone around you does this like I would do Hebrew school with my friends like my childhood friends so it was very like it it, I never even thought of religion as something that like was like a thing I thought it was like something that everyone had this like community and this like thing that they did every week whereas musical theater felt much more culty and much more like this is like I have to do this because I'm addicted and like I I need this it was like a drug whereas like you know Judaism for me was like felt very homey That makes a lot of sense. So what would you say made you sad or makes you sad? However, it's a very open to interpretation question. (laughs) God, you guys, so many things. I mean, uh, sad in relation to like the childhood upbringing or just in general. It can be whatever you want it to be. People take it in a variety of directions. Yeah. Um, sometimes people are like whatever kind of like disillusioned them from their initial good girlyhood and like kind of their fall from good girl grace. Um, or yeah, kind of like it's kind of like whatever makes it hard for you to like maintain that good girly thing that you and, were. Yeah. I yeah. would say I was like, I was one of those people who I like I am very nice but I didn't realize that like even nice people could be mean or like be like have their moments where they are like raw and emotional and I went from being like identifying as like I am nice and I am nice to everyone and I am a kind person to like I would like like my friend like uh broke like something really expensive of mine and I like yelled at her and I was like whoa like that's I've like never because I literally I identified we'll get to this but my good girl glossary entry was that I was very loud about the fact that I didn't curse like I was like I didn't curse but I made it known like I was like you can't say that like at in eighth grade when everyone was like saying fuck like it was like I was a I was the hall monitor of people 
And then like, I started becoming a human and like having these human moments. And I was like, like I was glitching. I was like, this isn't supposed to happen. I don't do this. And I think for me, that was like when I started being like, okay, like maybe this like identity I've formed is like not realistic or like a full depiction of who I am in truth. (laughs) Yeah, that's very real. I actually have talked with my therapist about this a lot. Like I don't feel comfortable with rage or really any, any negative emotion, but like specifically being mad. So like, if I'm mad, I'm like, I'm frustrated. And she'll sometimes be like, no, you're angry. Like you're very mad about this thing that happened. And I'm like, I'm annoyed I don't know if I'd say mad finding every word but mad and it's like no just be mad Mm -hmm. a few times she said it to me and she's like I think that what you're feeling is aggression and I'm like oh no no I'm not what's that I'm like that's a curse word aggression is a curse word (laughs) literally I'm like like, like, super nice and everybody likes me so I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) yeah that's Ruby that's such an interesting like concept to think about especially when you do consider yourself like a good person, a nice person, it's very freaky to realize you're capable of stuff like that. Um, We talk a lot about how when you're a kid, like, especially if you're a good girl, like everything is very black and white. And that's a lot of where people go sad as they get into situations where things can't be black and white anymore. And that's not even like a real situation. That's just like literally full, full forming your brain, like nothing. um, Because like, I don't know, you like, I would always be like, I'm the kid that's going to help this other kid on the playground. I'm a good, nice person. And then I'd go home and like be mean to my sister. But I thought because I thought I was a good person that it didn't count or like it wasn't really being mean. And then (laughs) when someone called you out, you're like impossible. Um, That is such a good point, Ruby. And owning that too is so hard as a good girl, like especially and a theater kid, because like so much of that is like a little bit of ego of like, you know, again, it's like we're children, like we don't even understand how to process ego at this moment in time. But like, you're just like, I like exactly what, what you were saying, like, I, this is not something I'm capable of only the people who bullied me in elementary school do this, like, and I'm not one of those people. So I'm exempt from this. But it's like, that like you said, it's like, it's not black and white. Like a human can't just constantly be like a robot and nice 24 seven. Like you have to cry sometimes or be angry or like something just like annoys you. Like, and I think for me, a lot of like growing up was like forgiving, like, and that's the hardest part is like forgiving yourself for whatever it was you were just like, like growing up with, you know? And it's like, it's not because you're bad at processing emotions or anything. It's just because you're like a human person who from a young age has been obsessed with being good. And like, the thing is about the word good is that like, it's so vague and like you assign your own definition to the word good. And like, that's not like, that's not realistic. That's so true. Andrew, you made up. Yeah. And it's also like, I mean, I think the reason the same kind of activities keep coming up is because they're activities that require obedience. And like, it's, I mean, especially, so I danced growing up and like, 
with dance, you end every class like smiling, clapping, saying thank you. Even if you're like so mad or like you mm-hmm. think you did a horrible job or whatever, it's about like being really obedient and happy and putting that smile on your face. And I think the same thing with like theater or sports or anything like I don't know. I'm just thinking about gymnastics and how there's this like forced thing in gymnastics where you have to hug your coach and you have to be so bubbly. And the second anybody shows that they're not happy with their performance, the announcers are like, that girl is not grateful for what she's gotten. And, you know, it just, those standards are not possible to keep up. But when you're told that that's good, then you want to like always be happy. You want to always do what's right. Right. And especially like not to pull the card, but like as women, it's like even more to that extent of like, well, I can't be mean. Like I, these people can't think that I'm like, like, especially in comedy, it's like, I, I could never behave the way I see a lot of male comics behave, but like, I am still going to be 10 times harder on myself because I'm like, well, that, but that's not who I am. Uh, And it's like, well, like you can't really do anything about the fact that we're like told to just like like we people are just very hard on us yeah Yeah. and I think the jokes we'll never make because we don't know if they're like if we can say it or not and we just Becca and I do this all the time I'll text her and be like I can't say that or and you know I think honestly, I probably saved myself from a few bad situations doing that. But I also see people swing for the fences and I'm like, I wish I had the courage to swing like that. But exactly. Like I like when you say I can't say that, it's like, but why? Like, is it because like you're scared of like that people will think you're mean or like bad or something for like saying what you feel like or like expressing like an emotion? Like so I feel like it's all, it's interesting to think about because even though all of this started when I was a kid and like, I've obviously grown up enough to like, not be like living in black and white, it does still show itself in my life, like to this day. Yeah, that's so true. I think comedy too. I mean, everybody, I feel like people just their stereotype about female comedians is they they're so raunchy and they only talk about sex and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, because that's all people would listen to for a long time. And so you had to be really bold and you had to for some, you know, like this is very heteronormative, but like you have to act like a dude. And I think that that's like what worked for a while. And now there's more space for people with different types of voices to come in and say different things. And but I do think there still is this, like, I don't want people to think I'm a bitch. Like, I don't want to go on stage and say something snarky, even though I have a lot of snarky thoughts. (laughs) I don't want anybody to think that. And I, yeah, it definitely holds you back when you're like, well, I don't know what the reaction is going to be to this. And if one person doesn't like it, maybe I shouldn't say it. Right. Dudes don't think that. (laughs) No, or dudes aren't like, I have to talk about sex because that's realistically the only way I can get these people to like, listen to me for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure they're just writing their sets or like I I I like started telling people who didn't know about this like the how there's kind of like an unspoken rule that like a lot of women talk about of like do you dress hot on stage or do you try and dress yourself down and make yourself look uglier to get people to pay attention to your jokes and it's like the fact that that's even a conversation like is 
why we feel this like weird pressure to be like was I was I being weird or like was that interaction too mean and it's like no like people like fully just like won't will like stone face me and like and I'll leave the interaction being like I hope I wasn't too mean it's like well obviously I wasn't the weird one in that situation like but I feel like I was (laughs) just Mm -hmm. childhood drama yeah the outfits thing very real and also I mean I feel like before the pandemic I was in a very club scene for comedy not going clubbing um but that was very much the like you know, just wear a gray t-shirt. Don't, you don't want to look too cute. You don't want to look too hot because that's what people will think of you. And I think since then I've seen so many comedians, like the people I really look up to are like Mary Beth Barone and people Mm -hmm. who she's, yeah. And like she's the queen, she's her and Z-Way, the, our two little outfit, little outfit queens. hundred percent. And that's their whole thing is like, I'm going to say whatever I'm going to say, and I'm going to look cute doing it. And yeah. I just, I, yeah, I really, I feel like that's so that. real and, you know, yeah. wearing a jacket so people don't see you have boobs. And it's like, okay, well, if you're, if you can't hear my funny jokes because I happen to have boobs, that's not my problem. No. And it's is like, what I should be thinking, but not actually what I'm that's thinking. That's not my thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, mm, and that's a problem. This shirt's too tight. Can't wear it. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, Oh, did you have another thought? I was just no, going to ask you if you had any more thoughts. Um, no, actually, my thoughts were completed. Your thoughts were completed. Amazing. Um, then we would love to know, I know you hinted at it, but we'd love to know your entry into the Good Girl Glossary, which is the definitive list of people, places, and things that make up a good girl. Okay, I have two. So I already touched on the Go first one. So the first one is being very loud about not cursing. Uh, which we discussed this trait, but like just being like around adults. Like I remember I was talking to like my mom's friends when I was 12 and one of them was like, do you curse yet? And I was like, no, I would never. And like, they were like, that's cool. You'll probably start soon. And I remember being like, no, I'm never going to do that. And like my, all my mom's friends were like, you are raising a fucking nerd. Uh, And like, in middle school, like I'd be talking to my friends and they'd curse and I'd be like, stop that, like bad word. And Becca, I have to say it. I know, I'm literally sitting here like, come on, Sid, say it. (laughs) Ruby, I used to give what I called profanity slaps to my friends. Whenever they cursed, I would literally slap them and say, God doesn't want you to curse. Wait, that's like amazing. It's so good. I want you to keep doing that. Like you shouldn't drop that. Even if just a bit, like if you were the hall monitor, Sid was the hall monitor that like thought they had way more power than they did. (laughs) I was, I was captain of the hall monitors. I was God's hall monitor. (laughs) I was God's hall monitor. God put her on earth to monitor those halls. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would slap my friends so hard too. Yeah, because I'd be like, everyone thinks I'm red. Mm-hmm. everyone thinks I'm a weak little girl and if you curse I'm gonna slap you really hard I should have like gotten detention probably yeah. but they're like what are we supposed to do with this girl that keeps slamming people this girl yeah, who's like so doing Maria, our jobs I, um, yeah was, I was just I was just like a really good person and actually have like incredible ethics and morals because I was slapping people who curse it's literally a joke in my set is that um I'd slap people and say God doesn't want you to curse and God was up there like Stop fucking slapping people. Yeah. Or like, stop being a yeah. narc. Being <laughs> a narc. Yeah, it's like, Jesus wasn't a narc, actually. He was <laughs> really kind of cool. Wasn't. And- He's kind of chill. 
He wasn't a narc. He was cool. And he also didn't call people whores on the internet. But he did not. Um, <laughs> so I second, third, fourth, like, I, I feel this in my bones. It's going in the glossary. Becca, how do you feel? Yes. I, I, I fifth the nomination. <laughs> as, okay, as somebody who is still, I, Ruby, I don't really curse on this podcast. So... <laughs> I love that. And I that's not that to say that other people that. shouldn't. Like right. other people can say whatever they want. It's just, you know, I, my mom listens. Not, not cursing, cursing as a personality, personality trait. trait. <laughs> so this might be like really niche. Uh, and love like, it. I feel like this is like a running joke I see on TikTok a lot, but I feel like it's very good girl coded. Like being in a musical, you could be a lead, you can be an ensemble, any role, but for your like big line walking out, looking around like really proud and then being like (sighs) and then starting like your monologue or like whatever your line is like just that like I'm killing this right now like that (laughs) you're like like, look at me I appreciate the moment I know where I'm a grounded girl yes I'm I'm in Mm -hmm. the moment this is natural realistic like everyone this is my moment and I think I think performatively taking things seriously yes like Mm. taking things seriously for the bit is 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 it it's it but that's it that's the whole podcast (laughs) literally (laughs) in your mind it's not a bit like you're just like I'm taking that like performative taking thing taking things seriously essentially is like Mm -hmm. because it's like you're not like I don't want to take this seriously but you're also not like you don't know how to really take it seriously so you're just like yeah yes like you're like committed and like you like get so into it and like that this can apply not to musical theater like the performative seriousness of just like kind of applies to what I was saying earlier of like being in Hebrew class and being like I know the answer because I did the homework (laughs) and it's like just very like who's this for like because it feels like it's like either it's mostly for like your parents and for like yourself so it's like well, you like needed the respect too, because yes. if people didn't respect you, you had nothing. You had nothing. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, and, like they didn't take you seriously. They didn't respect you. So, and that is like a fate worse than death. If people thought I was annoying or silly or whatever, but if they didn't like respect me, mm-mm. death, ego death. So ego like death. me walking out on stage, just like, <laughs> summer and summer in this town you know what I mean like (laughs) yeah just like this like over the top and it's not like schmacting per se it's more so just like doing too much in a way that's like so specific to like a good girl type who like Mm -hmm. like I feel like in every theater class or show or like anything there's always one girl who we all know is not very talented, but takes it more seriously than literally anyone else. And like, you just kind of have to respect her because of how committed she is, but like, she's doing too much. Yeah. And like, that's essentially what this is to me and what Mm -hmm. I was, (laughs) like, I was that girl. Okay, Mm -hmm. I just have to say the deep breath, the look around, 
it's giving Taylor Swift. Oh, it's, it is Taylor Swift. <laughs> who is, is the patron saint of good girls. But exactly. she, like that, oh my God. I just, when you were doing that, and I, I've never made this connection because I see those TikToks too of like, you get out and you just, you know, it's like before you close the door or whatever right. and you do your last sweep around the room and your deep sigh. And I'm like, this is how Taylor Swift opens every show. She's yeah. like, Raleigh, North Carolina. You know what I tell my producers? This is my favorite city to perform in. And it's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. You just Googled it five minutes ago. No. <laughs> like, you don't know or, anything about Raleigh. <laughs> or like Taylor Swift mid-show, she'll be like, what do you say, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I never trust. You know what I mean? Like, and it's Especially like Especially now, those faces have gotten even more. Okay, for the audience, Ruby just gave them. <laughs> Excellent. I just gave a performance. <laughs> Excellent, like new Taylor Swift, like I don't even care facial expression. That was a hundred percent. Also the so- idea of I don't dress for women. I don't dress for men. I dressed for the concept of getting back at somebody who didn't respect me. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And Seriously. honestly, many things in my personality can be traced back to Taylor Swift. Like for example, I have literally never not held a grudge. And I, every grudge I've ever had, I still hold to this day. And I learned that from mother Taylor, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like she taught me that and Mm -hmm. she taught me to be big and dramatic and emotional and raw. And I guess at the same time, she also was like teaching us how to be good girls because she was always there. She never cursed until like a few albums ago. She slut shamed. We talk about that a lot. She slut shamed. Yeah. I I think I, at 12, I was like, she's she's not a saint she's in she's on the mattress like I was yeah, like singing I that love that line podcast. like I love that song and like because it's like what I mean like you don't know what you're saying when like when what Taylor Swift is singing but like Taylor Swift like you can still see the good girl traits in the adult version but like it's less it's it's definitely less intense but if you look at taylor at the her first album she is like the poster girl for your podcast a hundred percent well also i just think oh go ahead said i was just gonna say we did do a two-part two and a half hour deep dive into ranking midnights based on its good girliness um each one um and there might be more taylor swift content coming is that true becca Yes. Well, I, okay. So pathological people pleaser, I'm sorry. Like it's as if she made it for us. Yeah. Yeah. But also um, the, oh my gosh. What's, oh, all I do is try, try, try. Literally. I remember that song coming out and me being like, not me relating to all I do is try, try, try more than any other Taylor Swift lyric. I like, wonder why. Yeah. And so I feel like that's, I don't know. She just even, I feel like she's now more self-aware about it. Like mm-hmm. in the old days, it was slut shaming or whatever. And now it's like, I'm a people pleaser and that's bad. And here's why. But also this is how I am. And I don't know. I'm just trying really hard. <laughs> well, also I, like, I think it's, I was just say it circles back like on Mirrorball because I was like Mirrorball is like one of my very favorite songs the I'm sparkling just for you like everything reflects off of me it's like this self-absorbed panic do you know what I mean like same with like you're on your own kid it's like I've always been on my own and like there have always been people around her but when you are a good girl like you feel everything internally is just about you but like in a way that is like not ego necessarily but in a way that is like frustrating and hard to cope with 
But like, I remember if you listen to Taylor's debut album, and maybe it's why she has no songs from her debut on the Eras tour, but literally like every other song is like and God said to me like and I heard God saying like and it's like God is like a member of the band like God is present in most of her songs like at some point and it's like it's just so interesting like how the good girl in her wanting to brand herself as a good girl was like I have to mention God like they're they're gonna want to hear about that which is like that makes sense like because I mean like it worked like that was her brand for a while yeah and country how she grew up too yeah Mm -hmm. and country music is the good girliest genre I think of of music we can call it like performative seriousness oh I love that like that's seriousness yeah performative seriousness incredible performative Performative seriousness. seriousness So our next segment is we write a a silly little game. <laughs> we write a trademark silly little game for each and every guest on Good Girls Gone Sad. And Becca, you pioneered this one if you want to take away the explanation. Okay, so we um, put together a little Mad Libs for you. And um, I assume I'm like, oh my gosh, you're you're so young. Did you oh, have Mad Libs? I know now? what Mad Libs are. I love <laughs> okay. a Mad Lib. I'm like, am I aging <laughs> myself? Have you 30? heard of pencils? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a 30-year-old, so I just can't connect with the kids these days. No, I'm very much on TikTok. So, okay. So this game is called Mitzvah Mash. Um, oh, we nice. are going to build your dream bat mitzvah theme okay. and through a Mad Lib style exercise. So we're going to like ask you, you know, like on Mad Libs where they just ask you a little thing and then we'll fill it in and then we'll read to you about your <laughs> dream about myself. Awesome. So, okay, um, so I can do the first one. Um, what was your favorite childhood book? Oh, Molly Moon. Did you guys ever read that? No. Okay, I feel like no one has heard of this book series. I named my dog after this book series when I was a kid. No one, every time I tell people about it, no one knows what I'm talking about. But core memory. I will say that's kind of a good girl thing. Like we've had some (laughs) discussions recently about the book series we like obsessed over. And like all three of those of us who were talking were like, no, I never heard of that. And then it was like, what about this one? Nope, never heard of that. So I'm like, where did I find these books? I love it. Molly Moon. Um, I just need a number, Ruby. Uh, Maybe your favorite number or your angel number. If you're an angel number girly. Maybe I'll do 13 because I'm a Swifty. Okay, love. She's our angel. Um, and like, what was the quintessential Upper East Side New York place for birthdays? Ooh, probably the American Girl Doll Cafe. Oh. Great answer. Yeah. Not so, Upper East Side necessarily, but kind of. That right. Okay, that's fair. It's perfect. Um, okay, what was, well, what's the band or singer from your first concert? Oh, uh, I think it was like the Dave Matthews band, like someone very random and not on brand for me. Incredible. Um, who's your favorite two thousands reality star? Ooh, ooh, probably like it's probably someone from like the hills, like maybe like Adriana. Love it. Is that that radical? What's her last name? Patriot, I always put it. Patrick, 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 Patrick. 
Yeah. I used to work with Lauren Conrad. That's a fun fact. I, when I was a child, I was obsessed with her, like, hair and makeup books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, modeled. I'm like- wearing a cat eye right now that I learned <laughs> how to make from her. Amazing. Um, okay. And then what is a type of alcohol no one over 21 should drink? Good girls, no one under 21 should drink ever. But um. <laughs> obviously, um, probably Four loco, which like, I don't even know if they make that. Four they, loco, do. They, do. In, they do make Four loco it. in the era where there was like alcohol in it. Like, yeah, the caffeine yeah. kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, um, when it would get kids was- like bucked up. Um, we had a rule at my university that they banned hard alcohol from uh, frats. And then, so we all just like drank shots of Four loco, And I was like, I would rather not come at all. And maybe that was the point. Maybe that was the yeah. point. It, they were trying to deter you guys. Yes. Uh, Becca? Okay, what was, or, well, I don't, I mean, We'll see your favorite store in the mall from middle school but I don't know if malls are relevant to New York um, okay I'll I'll just do Claire's. your favorite store Claire's Claire. which is still mm-hmm. a mall store just yes mm-hmm. yeah that's a perfect answer um mm-hmm. also what was your favorite decom my favorite who decom Disney, Disney channel. channel original movie oh oh okay <laughs> we're like stands here we're mm-hmm. using like oh yeah anagram okay um my favorite Disney channel Okay, I was like die hard high school musical, but I identified so deeply with Demi Lovato and Camp Rock because like I too was like a tiny brunette, huge smile, like loved to sing. So I was like, this is very me. And then I tried to go to rock camp and I didn't get in. (laughs) Sad. (laughs) That's amazing though. I love, I'm going with Camp Rock. That's good. Okay. Um, okay. Type of performance. Oh, does that make sense? Yeah. So like dance, song. Yeah. Let's Dramatic reading. What would you do on a stage? Uh, maybe comedy because we do comedy. Perfect. Okay. Great. And then your favorite song in middle school. Oh my god! Probably I loved Dynamite. That's a good one. Light it up like it's dynamite. Dynamite. Yeah, that's a great Uh one. Wow, great song to make music videos on YouTube. That's another good girl thing. Just like editing videos for some reason at eight years old. Yeah, we (laughs) had a dance. Like people wanted to see it. That's a good girl trait too. (laughs) We had a dance to dynamite actually, and so like just as you were were talking about it, I was doing the dance in my head, and that I think is another good girl trait. (laughs) Is breaking out into dance. Making yeah. up a dance and then doing it in public. Yeah. yeah. No, Orca, you texted me that as an entry two days ago. <laughs> I did do that. Yeah. So I need to, I wrote it down in my little notes. I've got a lot. I've yeah. got a lot brewing. In this brain. Amazing. Okay. Um, name one of your family members. Um, Marcel. Okay. My mom. Okay. Um, and name an emotional reaction. Like pride. Uh, anger. And then what was like your go-to phrase in the 2000s or like middle school? Okay, guys, this is a confession. I was a peasants girl. I was one of those girls who was like, you're all peasants. Like, amazing. I thought, I thought the word peasants was so funny. Incredible. Who it was like, 
outside of the DCOMs or within the DCOMs, who was your favorite Disney Channel star? Vanessa Hudgens. That was my girl. Baby V. Baby um, V. Okay. It's and... funny when you fed yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's really good. laughs> um, I love the like the voice switch when it becomes voice not her switch, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh what's a fun activity? Give me anything. Um, roller skating. Perfect. And then what's another fun activity? Um uh uh axe throwing. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Crazy I love. That. Um okay. And then I just need another feeling. Um uh confusion. confusion and then something you would win at like a bowling alley or a skating rink like something you would redeem with tickets oh um like a slinky perfect welcome to your dream bot mitzvah you've worked hard and now it's time to party at your molly moon themed soiree yes rock on No one knows what this th- party's theme is. <laughs> they're all going to a par- themed party that they like, literally, they're like Molly Moon. <laughs> Love it. Uh, all 13 of your closest friends and family have gathered at the American Girl Doll Cafe to attend, which actually perfect number to like be at the it American Girl so Doll Cafe. so much sense, actually, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Even Dave Matthews showed up to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Adriana Patridge came too, but she- He was promptly kicked out for spiking the punch with Four Loco, the band kind with caffeine. (laughs) You looked amazing in your outfit from Claire's. You got your style inspo from Camp Rock, and it showed. (laughs) You and your friends brought down the house with your choreographed comedy routine to dynamite. (laughs) Marcel was so proud, she got angry. (laughs) And you really said, you're all peasants, when you decided to book Vanessa Hudgens to perform. After a few hours of roller skating and axe throwing, the party had to come to an end. As your guests filed out, you handed them their party favors. They were so confused to receive those slinkies. Wait, this honestly sounds exactly like what my bat mitzvah was. Like, (laughs) it's almost like spot on. Amazing. Marcel got so proud that she was angry. That is exactly what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Was everyone confused to receive their slinkies? I gave out hats that I like ordered on like Redbubble or like one like a weird web like a website that was like weird before they got good and they all were like pixelated and like said Ruby's vomits on them in like the weirdest <laughs> font that they offered <laughs> and I hope you still so have expensive one. <laughs> yeah do you have any still no I I mean like they're probably somewhere in my house but like not on hand Oh my God, could you send us a picture from I'll, your I'll, I'll, I'll try and find a picture, yeah. Okay, can we include yeah. it in our Instagram post? Of course, yeah. Great. I'll send you a photo of me at the at the podium. Amazing, I love Perfect. it. Perfect, we'd love to see it. Um, well, congratulations. Um, normally, we say you won the game, but you did because- You won the game, yeah. So, <laughs> you won the game. Yes, Um Yay! And 100%. now the last, the last thing we do is we pass the offertory plate. So that's just anywhere- we can find you anything you'd like to plug go for it yeah you can just find me at ruby carp on all social platforms carp with a k carp with a k yeah crazy Breaking. i'm really jealous that you have a name that you can just like your name can be your handle <laughs> That's oh my amazing <laughs> i went to high school with a girl whose name was also ruby carp 
like what? we had the exact same name and I've never met anyone with my exact name but she had to make her name like Ruby middle name Carp because, because you got it first because I got it first oh my gosh that's an amazing story yeah, yeah congratulations so, we're really proud of you we're so proud we're angry thank you guys so much <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me this was so much fun thank you for thank coming you. we had a blast so Did. nice to finally meet you Thanks so much for listening. You can find me, Becca Stevenson, at the Becca Stevenson on Instagram and at the real underscore Becca on TikTok and Twitter. You can find me, Sid King, at Sid period the period King on Instagram. And you can find us, the Good Girls Gone Sad, at Good Girls Gone Sad on Instagram and TikTok. You can also email us at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. If you would like to submit a glossary submission, you can DM it to us on Instagram or send it through by email. Also, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will mail you a sticker and a matchbook. If you DM it to us on Instagram, just have to give us your address. Five-star reviews only, please. Also, don't forget, if you want to drink your morning coffee out of a mug that says Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet, you can do that with our merch, which you can find via our link tree. We would also like to thank Emery Bergman for our amazing logo and Luke Lima for our amazing intro and outro music. All right, there's only one thing left to say. Jesus would have called people whores on the internet. Bye. Bye. Oh, no. Okay.